Uh, I would like to uh, just take a moment before starting and, and repeat some of what Marcus said this more uh, during the announcements of being sure if you're if it's possible at all possible to be here this evening for a baptism as we welcome into our ranks and as part of our family at Lamb of God, uh, Rainy Leverso. It would be good for for all of us as many as possible to be there to celebrate with the family. Uh, after all. Uh, we are taking responsibility for this child as a community. So it's good for us to witness that and to encourage the parents in raising them in faith. And I, I encourage this to you uh, just as, uh, as I have grown older. <laughs> um, <laughs> as I have grown older, naturally I've grown in wisdom as well. And, uh, and the one thing I can say that, that seems to be the truth that speaks through all of these years is uh, what I am believing is a universal truth, that relationships are hard. Their relationships are hard. Uh, would anybody care to argue against that? Let's just start there. Uh, relationships are, are very difficult and, in fact, are very taxing. I think many of us have bought into the idea of telling our story and looking to find those moments where we will tell people were our bravest moments. What was it that, that in your life caused you to have to have your bravest moment? And really, I think if we were to analyze our lives and to think about it critically, our bravest moments have always come with relationships. Either your bravest moment was deciding to actually pursue and enter into a relationship. Uh, it was to recommit to a relationship, maybe after a transgression of sorts. Uh, maybe, maybe it was to uh, start a new relationship and welcome in a new child into the world, which I'm sure a very brave moment is ahead for Marcus and <laughs> Maybe it was hanging on to that friendship despite that friend being the way that friend always is. And it takes bravery and courage to actually stay in that relationship. I think for many of us, at the end of our time, and when we're telling our story to whoever is coming after us, some of the bravest things we have to reflect on deals in relationships. As we enter into starting our sermon series of the second table, that is the commandments 4 through 10, all of them deal with our neighbor and the relationships that we have with each other. The first three have dealt with our relationship with God and how that enters into all aspects of our life, but now we're getting more specifically to the commandments that speak to our relationships with one another. And I think maybe the Lord recognizes how difficult it is for us and how courage is needed in each of these relationships because He has given us the overwhelming amount of law in dealing with one another. Even as we come forward to do our confession at the beginning of our church service, most of probably what we are repenting deals with our sins against other people whether that other person knew it or not. 
And so as we look at our relationships, we look at the way in which God speaks about them. First, He starts our law with our relationship with Him. And we see that as the view in which we enter into all of our other relationships, friendships, marriages, parents, uh, children, cousins, aunts, uncles, you go on. First and foremost, our relationship is with God. And I think it has to be that way. Because in order to remain faithful in these relationships, to be faithful as parents or siblings or children, to be faithful as congregants or as pastors, to be faithful in the relationships we hold with one another, it takes courage. And so I know many of you were wishing that your children were here with you in church to hear about honoring their father and mother. But my message actually is to you. In dealing with your relationships, take courage. Join in the long list of verses that have been handed to us by God on living as a Christian in the world today. We join in in hearing the words that come to us from the psalmist where he says, Wait for the Lord. Let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. We hear the words that come to us out of Deuteronomy where it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear anything. If you were with us in a VBS about five or six years ago, we sang that repeatedly. Be strong and courageous and do not fear anything. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will not leave you and he will not forsake you. But the words that also come to us today come from Paul. It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed, but that with full courage, now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether in life and in death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Which gets at the very reason of why we have to be courageous in our relationships. Because as soon as we have entered into a relationship with one another, we have already started to let part of ourself die. We've already handed over that part of us that wants everything to be ours. And to be mine. And to be about me. That when we enter into relationship, if we have Christ first in mind, we willingly and knowingly lay that part of ourselves into death. We let it drown in our baptism. And we let something else rise. The table of the law that starts with our relationships with each other, begins with honoring your father and mother, and Luther goes on to describe to us the ways in which this is to honor those that are in authority. I thought it was difficult to first preach this during the last administration. It's equally difficult to preach it now. Because sin in this world continues to exist. It continues to pull at the seams of these relationships. The message that the world hands to you, and especially if the church remains silent, is to approach your relationships first and foremost thinking of yourself 
And what is it that I get from this? What is it that I learn from this? This is the way that we approach our parents. This is the way we approach our children. This is the way we approach our government. This is the way we approach even our church. It doesn't take courage to do that. It doesn't take courage to come in here and sit in judgment. It doesn't take courage to demand from others that they serve you. It doesn't take courage to sit there and judge those who've given their lives for you. So my message to you today is to take courage. Take courage. Because it's in the relationships that we've entered where we are able to experience the love that God shares. Christ has given us his love. He's handed it to us. He's poured it out in us in our baptism and by his word. We experience it and we taste it every Sunday that we come here. But when it is applied directly into your life, it is at the words that they, another person shares with you. For many of us, this first faith was planted in us by our parents doing their first act of bringing us to the waters of baptism. And even if you are someone who has come to know the Lord at a later date, the greatest love that was ever shown to you was in whatever spiritual father or mother you may have bringing you to the same font. The law starts with our parents. After all, the longest relationship that you will have in your life is with your parents. They are there with you the day that you are born, at least one of them. One of them might be on the floor past that. <laughs> and they're in your mind the day that you end. Long after the day in which they are called home, you still have memories of them and you are still called to speak about them. The lessons that were taught to you when you were youngest and at your littlest are the lessons that seem to stick with you the longest. It's not just in kindergarten where you learn everything. It's the years before that as well. And there's something about when you are younger that when your dad tells you to stop, maybe you just might actually do it. But of course, naturally, as we get older, that turns from maybe doing it to absolutely not doing it. And the difference is, is that we can have lost courage by the words that we've heard. The instructions that have been given to us by the world that sees the foundations of our society being built in the relationships we have at home. And if chaos can be granted by the enemy, he will start in tearing apart the family. So the question isn't even right now, if you are a family where you come from where your parents have abused their role as parents, or whether you come from a home where divorce has been a part of your history and your background. But what I am calling to you is to be courageous and look at the ways in which sin has pulled at our society to make us, make us question the foundations that God has laid 
to make us easily question and be skeptical over every person that is appointed over us to the point to where we are unable to pray for them, to be obedient to them, and to even love them in the most of challenging times. The challenge of preaching a sermon like this is not because of those that are in leadership. It is because, so far, the enemy is winning on that ground. You will find nowhere else words being shared that pull you back to remember the foundations of our family and the beginnings that our homes have. That it is in that place where the parent and the child are able to share a love that is exhibited by God to us. That when we are children, that is the place where we find it. And when we are adults, we find it in marriage or in the church. But it is the place where it is first experienced. So I pull you back to my first point. Find your first relationship in Christ. Remember the one who has not only created you, but redeemed you. Who has taken all of that sin and all of that baggage and all of that guilt that we seem to carry into all of our other relationships and let him actually handle it and take it from you. And once that has happened, allow him to grant you the power of his resurrection and his spirit to lead you forward into a relationship that is founded on him. So that you are able to honor others, especially those who are in authority over you. This is challenging to us in our homes, and we know that. Because honoring isn't just meaning that you respect, but it is to speak well of, to pray for, even despite the existence of sin. This is hard to do, especially in our society, towards those that are put in authority where we live in a country and in a system that teaches us to be skeptical of any that are in authority. Jesus found himself under some of the worst tyrants that history has ever made. He found himself standing and debating with the philosophers and the priests and the Pharisees of his time and holding up a coin with an engraven image of somebody who thought himself to be God. Can you think of anything more blasphemous than that? Anything more against God than that? And yet even then he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Paul found himself on trial before the very Roman Empire and never once did he call it a monkey court or question its authority. He knew it would lead to death, and that's exactly where it did. But we are people of God, so we follow and obey. Because it is in the peace of obedience that even the smallest and quietest voice can be heard. And it's only in chaos and disobedience and irreverence that no voice is heard and no person is actually seen. But in our obedience, 
We follow after a God who is so obedient, it took him to the cross for us. And in our obedience, we follow the very footsteps that our Lord tread in front of us. And in our obedience, we are even able to speak to those that we have won over with our courage. It's then that we are actually able to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. It is then that we are actually able to share the word of God when before we have only built enemies in our footsteps. It is only in that kind of peace that the things of God can move forward. And for that, I tell you something that the world can never tell you. Take courage. Because that's what it takes. It just so happens to be the same thing that the Lord has given you. For he has not called us to this life on our own. He has not asked us to honor and obey our parents when that could be the most challenging and difficult thing that you've been called to do. He's not asked you to honor and obey the authorities over you when maybe they are even the ones who seek your demise. He has not only asked you to remain faithful and true to your community and to your congregation when maybe they seem to not be able to do it to you. But he has also given you the gift of his spirit, the gift of his word, The gift of Him entering into all of those relationships first. And with Him going first into our relationship, there is no way we have anything to fear. So take courage and be His people in this world now. And let your first relationship be His. And when that is the case, you find the call to honor, to show respect, and to obey not just the authorities over us, but one another. Something that we do with a cheerful and joyful heart. These are difficult words, maybe for difficult times, but they are true words. And they are words that have been handed to us in love and with the power to be able to do them. So Church of God, people living in a city that does not recognize this authority that comes to us from God, people living in a city that continues to work against the very things that maybe we represent, take courage in the relationships you have and let the word of Christ dwell there and be the defining part of those relationships. Amen.